0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Sports with Shibs podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Shibilski, a.k.a. Shibs. And let's get right into the first topic on the day. So starting off today, we have uh, Draymond Green is being fined, not suspended. The Golden State Warriors forward has been fined, but won't be suspended for punching teammate Jordan Poole. In practice last week, head coach Steve Kerr told reporters last Tuesday night. Green is expected to take part in team's final preseason game on Friday. The former Defensive Player of the Year struck pool last weekend. There was a video of it. It came out and was leaked, and it was just a rough incident. Uh, Green then announced that he would take time away from the team a while. He... Apologized. He came out and and had a well thought out apology, and they had a great conversation. Uh, Kerr said, uh, "Green and Pool had a great conversation together, and now it seems like they both trust each other. Uh, Kerr trusts both Green and Pool that they worked out their little altercation." <clears throat> And it seems like everything is dandy in the Bay Area for for the Warriors. And then moving on to uh, the NFL Players of the Week. Um... This week for the AFC Player of the Week offensive, it was Josh Allen. 424 passing yards, four passing yards. Touchdowns, a passer rating of 134.1. For the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, Taysom Hill grabs that with 112 rushing yards, uh, an average of 12.4, three rushing touchdowns, and a 22-yard touchdown pass. And you have to remember that he is uh, slotted as a tight end. Uh, A tight end just ran for three touchdowns and threw a touchdown. For the AFC Defensive Player of the Week, it's Matthew Judon. He had three tackles, two sacks, a tackle for loss, and a forced fumble. And for the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, Micah Parsons snags that with five tackles, two sacks, and then once again, tying Judon for tackle for loss and forced fumble, both won in those categories. For the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, it is Chase McLaughlin, uh, kicker, he had 12 points, 4-for-4 for for field goals and a 48-yard go-ahead field goal in overtime. That uh, was against the Broncos. And then the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week is Cameron Dicker, kicker, uh, 8 points, 2 PATs and two field goals and a game-winning field goal from 23 yards. And in more recent news, Devante Adams, uh, I've been covering this story um, uh, two, two nights in a row now. Uh, Adams has been charged with a misdemeanor assault for shoving, oh my gosh, for shoving a credentialed media worker. This, um, you know, I, I kind of figured. I kind of figured it would happen. Uh, sorry about that. I was just trying to find some more stories. But I figured this would happen. Uh, he did deserve it. He was out of pocket to um, hit a credential uh, worker, uh, especially for the media. In no way, shape, or form should any um, highly touted figure in the NFL such as Adams, go out of their way. And, and even in any case, no NFL, NBA, MLB player should ever strike a media worker because they're mad that their team keeps losing and they're frustrated. Those were poor excuses from Adams. And then he came out with an even more poor uh, apology on Twitter. I, it, it just it, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well. And it really makes it really makes the Raiders organization look even worse than it already is. I mean there's been so many players that have gotten fines, um, arrested, misdemeanors in the past couple years on the Raiders team that this just this just amplifies the issue even more. And I don't I don't really understand what the stigma is is behind it 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 that's what I'm trying to figure out is what is causing these players to go to the Raiders and then get charged with misdemeanors and get charged for uh, well hit with Henry Ruggs murder so it, it doesn't it doesn't add up really and it makes me confused because those are just Two examples, but there's multiple more, but I don't want to take the time and look up every single one. And it's it's not singling out the Raiders either, it's sig- signaling out the players' attitudes when they get to that team. I'm not trying to say that all oh, the Raiders are a bad organization, you shouldn't go there. I'm just saying in the past couple years, the Raiders have been a cursed franchise, uh, dropping multiple number one overall picks, either trading, cutting, or obviously being arrested, and then you, you, you're you losing your number one picks, and it makes you, as a, as a franchise, even look worse for picking those players. And people are starting to uh, bash on the Raiders and their uh, first-round picks instead of what the Browns have been doing recently. And for probably a decade, it was all uh, about the Browns and their first-round pick or their second-round pick because those picks mattered to them. And they couldn't do anything with them. But now you have a team that is consistently in the playoffs. And every time, it seems like each year, their number one pick gets burnt. Just like that. So I I just want to understand the stigma behind it. I'm not trying to signal any franchise or any team. I'm just trying to find a stigma behind it because the Browns went through that. And now we're seeing it with the Raiders. And it's it's even more of a odd parallel because the Browns were so bad with those number one picks, like, like record wise, and the Raiders are consistently uh, a five hundred team or a playoff team, and they're they're having that bad luck now too. Usually, you see it with with worse teams and records that go on a a pick and a high touted college player and it's a bust. So I just want to understand the stigma behind it, and that's what I'm confused about is what causes these players to go to uh, Vegas and then become all crazy. Uh, that, that's just what I, I am taking away from this. And then an image of Randy Johnson has gone viral as he has been seen as an NFL photographer. I think this is a, it's pretty cool. Um, you know Randy Johnson, uh, an NFL photographer. That doesn't really sound right. I when I think of Randy Johnson, I think of the guy who smoked a bird in midair with a baseball. I think of the World Series winning MVP, collecting Cy Young, collecting, um, you know, giant of a man who is just a, an amazing MLB pitcher. I don't. I don't ever get that image of him being a a little photographer for the NFL now. But if he's doing what makes him happy, then good for him. That That should be the goal of life after your career is to find something that makes you happy and that you enjoy. And clearly he must enjoy taking pictures for NFL games because otherwise he wouldn't be doing it. And, it's just so cool to see like older players like that go out and do something unique and uh, explore their own selves with that. So that's, that's just a little bit of that. Uh, coming up, I've got two uh, questions now. Uh, the first one is definitely uh, home-based, uh, biased on where I live. And the other one is uh, an interesting one. Uh, It kind of relates to the MLB, uh, of what recently happened in the MLB, but it's not dealing with baseball. So the first one is, can the Packers bounce back um, from starting off the season? Kind of rough. Um I think they can. It's, it's just that they're going to have to run the ball and use both running backs a lot more than I anticipated just until the receivers can get their routes down, um, until the receivers can really like hone in the, their own skills and find out what uh, each receiver is specifically good at. Watson is probably going to be your, your speed deep threat um Dobbs is probably going to be your safety valve he's gonna be the guy that you want to get the ball to Lazard is obviously your tall deep threat option uh is he's another safety valve where you can just throw to him on a check down and he'll probably snag it in and then like Cobb like Cobb is another like just a really good route runner in the slot, so probably anticipate him being in the slot for the rest of the season. I, I that's what I would do, or you could stick Dobbs in the slot, but I would rather have Cobb, who's gonna be consistently in the game, who already has chemistry with Rogers, and we still don't know what's what's what, what's the deal with Sammy Watkins. I mean, he could he could come back and he could be the deep, the big tall deep threat that just Catches everything, but he's injured uh, once again. No shocker there. He seems like he's always on the IR. I think the defense looks pretty good. Um, I don't really think they need to do much. They've looked pretty good recently. Jair is going to be back in full action now. He was still a little banged up, uh, this past Sunday. And then you still have Stokes, uh, Douglas, and then you have that monstrous front of Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary off the edge and Smith, uh, Preston Smith on the opposite edge. You just have this insane rush lineup uh, where the linebackers, you still have Devondre Campbell sitting in the middle. So you, your de- defense looks pretty good. And it, ju- it just, it's that offense that needs to be tweaked just a tad more. And then I think the team should be all right. I-, I just think that the big thing is that the receivers need to just hone in on what they're good at and focus on that. Because once they find that one skill that they can do, they can then add on to it and progress their repertoire. Um, the second. Uh, question I have is recently the head coach of the Sacramento Kings came out and said that he wants to end the drought. So this is how it relates to baseball. Two teams uh, ended their droughts and now the Kings have the longest drought in any sport I'm pretty sure of playoff appearance. And that is a 16 year playoff drought. Can the Kings End a 16 year playoff drought. I'm not quite sure. I I'm really not sure. If being completely honest, their team is is not bad. They still have a veteran in Harrison Barnes, they added uh, three-point specialist Kevin Herder. They still have DeAndre Fox. They added DeMontis Sabonis. They have Keegan Murray. They have a lot of young, talented players that they have uh Me Too, who I'm pretty sure was at USC, yeah. They just have they have a lot of young players that could do it. And from what I look from what I'm seeing is they, they add Del they have Trey Lyles yet. They have Bazemore, Quinn Cook, uh, Malik Monk, Davion Mitchell. Uh, they have a lot of speed guys and a lot of scrappier players like Keegan Murray and Davion Mitchell and Matthew Vadova and Darren Fox. And I guess you could throw Monk in there too. But from what I'm seeing is that they have a lot of scrappy, younger guys. And really it, it all comes down to – Are these guys going to mesh when the season hits? That's really what I'm looking at, is are they going to be able to mesh together? Because if you have a team that has great chemistry, then they could end up making the eight spot or even a play-in opportunity. I mean, they're beating the Suns right now in preseason. Granted, it is preseason. But, I mean... They are 2-0 in preseason, and and it looks like they're about to be 3-0 with 40 seconds remaining in this game. So I I don't really know. This is one where I would have to just bet against the odds and say that they're – or bet with the odds, my bad, is that they're probably not going to make the playoffs this year. But if you keep those core guys I just mentioned of – Davian Mitchell, Keegan Murray, Sabonis, Fox, Monk, Herter, Harrison Barnes if he wants to stick, and that's kind of all that I see. Maybe uh, me too as well, and Trey Lyles probably. If you keep all of those guys, that's what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. If you keep those nine guys on the team after this coming off season even actually throw in Alex Len too cuz Alex Len is a reliable player. Uh, he can get you probably 6 points, 10 boards a game. But if you throw if you if you take all those players and and keep them together and if you add even one player that has all-star potential like a Jalen Brunson like that kind of a player that can just go out there and he has a shot at making the all-star game, you'd be sitting pretty good. But for right now, I would have to disagree with Mike Brown. That's the head coach and say that they are not ending the drought this season, but they could in one or two seasons. I think they could if they keep those guys, those young, talented guys. Otherwise, if they want to, be ambitious and go for a blockbuster trade, uh, during January, uh, when the loge bomb is in effect, Hey, if you want to package a couple young guys to get a superstar, it's probably worth it. Cause you'd probably be keeping Darren Fox. You'd probably be keeping Keegan Murray and probably keep uh Sabonis So you already have three potentially really good players right there. If you trade away some young pieces and maybe a second or a couple second round picks and you get an all-star caliber player, you might have to throw in a first. But if you get an all-star caliber player, you're going to have to rely on your depth a little bit. But if you want to make the playoffs and just end the drought and be all hooray, hurrah, we ended the drought finally, and you just want to go like eight deep for the whole season, you could easily make a play-in spot or an eight seed. Well, I guess the eight seed is a play-in spot technically now, but you could easily manage that. But if I was this team's franchise, I would be looking at Trying to keep these guys together for at least one or two seasons and see what they can do, and then maybe continue to add little pieces here and there. So I have to go against Mike Brown uh, and say that they will not end the drought this season. And now it's time for Shibs' stat of the day, stat of the day. Shib's stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that Shib's stat of the day. For the stat of the day, Cooper Cup has the same amount of receptions as the entire Bears team with 49. I am almost positive on that. Let me just double check in my notes here. But that's even crazier to think that is that Cup has just the same amount of receptions as an entire franchise this season. It's, it's just crazy to think that. And, yeah, 49. And what's even crazier to think is that the Rams haven't even looked that good this year. So yeah, that's your stat of the day. For the final rundown on the day, Memphis signs Hardaway for six more years. Skyler Thomas, nope, got that one wrong. Skylar Thompson, a rookie, is set to start for the Dolphins this weekend. Uh, Tua did return to practice, but they're not electing to play him. Here's something that doesn't shock me. Zion Williamson is already injured, again, with an ankle injury. It's listed as day-to-day. But uh, the last time he had an injury, it was listed day-to-day. It turned into weeks, and then it uh, aggravated something and turned into months, which turned into a year. So who really knows with this? Uh, Josh Donaldson was ejected after thinking he hits a home run, and he didn't hit a home run. It bounced off the wall. It came out, and then he was trotting around like a home run, and then they just tagged him, and then he got mad, and he got ejected. And then on this day in sports history in 1979, Larry Legendary Bird hits his first-ever three-pointer. Future rival Magic Johnson would also make his NBA debut on this day against the San Diego Clippers. The Clippers were in San Diego in 1979. So a little recap on the day Draymond Green story continuing uh, from last week. We, had, we went through the NFL Players of the Week. Uh, another continuation of Devonte Adams. He's been finally charged with a misdemeanor assault. Uh, Randy Johnson has gone viral uh, as an NFL photographer. We had two questions. Uh, can the Packers bounce back and can the Kings end their 16-year playoff drought this season. We had a play of the day, a stat of the day, and our final rundown on the day. Um, there wasn't a lot of content, but I tried to make do with what I could. Not a lot of like big stories, but tomorrow uh, will be definitely filled uh, with great stuff. It's a throwback Thursday tomorrow, and I'm really excited for that. I'm always excited for Throwback Thursday. I love researching on the topics that I I choose. And with that being said, thank you for listening to the Sports with Shibs podcast. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Shibs, Jabilski, signing off for the day. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to join me again tomorrow for more sports, different topics, reoccurring topics, etc. All right now, bye-bye.